1: another hotel room I think it's a hotel room I don't recognize this as a room in your house I'm trying to give you a little tour some funky lighting going on where are you
2: yeah I'm in Milan Milano for paddle the final week of the premier paddle season and you know what's terrible about Milan or about Italy in general no I don't think there's anything terrible about
1: Milan slash Italy is there pasta
2: well well, I mean that's one of the best things it's a well it's no well it's a bit like my baguettes in France there um because it's in a lovely hotel in Milan quite near the venue the Alliance Club where the next gen used to be hosted right yes but what we do as part of Premier Paddle we um sort of eat together so there's food laid on for for the players the staff the coaches and you all sort of eat together now I fell into this trap when I was working at Chelsea Football Club and you'd go on pre-season they would have in this case, they'd have their own chefs and you'd have a bit of the hotel sort of sectioned off like the ballroom or whatever, and you'd eat. And you'd see them eating and you'd think, well, I can eat that because they're eating that. Yeah. Uh, big difference, big difference. They might be trading five hours a day. They might have a three and a half hour match. I'm just walking to the arena. So I might think, well, I can start with the antipasti and then I can have the pasta and then there's the meat dish and there's another dish. And then you go up to desserts and there's the number 3 player in the world in paddle having lots of desserts but they're going to burn it off or they've already burnt it off and and you get into the wrong mindset because we're sitting in a commentary box talking so I've had to do a lot of running to compensate for the for the lovely food
1: yeah and it's funny isn't it because it's um because it's sport that we work in it feels more active than it is and actually
2: <laughs> We're just paid to sit down. <laughs> sit that. down and watch Every TV. Every now and then. <laughs> we stand up in a commentary box every if it's a long match we might stand up you can, stand, you can up. stand up yeah exactly but I mean even with a commentary <laughs> box you've got a beautiful window and you're looking at a great view and of course you're there
1: with the action but it, it's no yeah, different yeah. to watching TV at home in terms of the amount of steps you're taking we're we don't we're not on a treadmill <laughs> as we're going but you do sort of be, I work in tennis I work in sport that's what I do I'm so active and uh, yeah you're not really um, and matches can be, be long but you talk about that the difference between athlete and regular people imagine being an athlete for your entire life and being able to eat like that and then snap of the fingers and you are a regular person and you have to completely change your entire
2: approach to food it it takes a while takes a while i didn't think about that must be really hard because in in general life for the normal person that does happen as we get older but that happens over a period of time and you can prepare yourself for it but as you say if you you make this decision to retire and you play your final match the next day I imagine it's almost immediately you've got to adjust to what you're eating. And how, as I say, I'm following these players, the best in the world in their sport, up to the buffet thinking, well, they're having this, so surely I can have it, which is, is the wrong mindset. And as you're saying, if you've done it all your life, then you have to suddenly completely adjust what you can eat. It's a bit like, to be completely aside, it's a bit like my equivalent, The only the, as close as I've got to being able to eat what I like was breastfeeding.
1: Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say pregnancy because for me it was pregnancy and it's it's a similar thing. It's like it's long enough nine months to sort of totally change your habits, if you know what I mean, because you're consistently, you know, you're on your way to work, you're picking up this and that and whatever. And then all of a sudden you have to stop doing that. (laughs)
2: no i was I was so sick during pregnancy that 's probably the least i 've eaten in my entire <laughs> life um, but with with the breastfeeding because I had two obviously on the go at the same time that's that was a thousand calories I was burning per feed a thousand yeah I mean, I was eating the most wonderful things, but then when it started tapering off and stopping all these lovely things that I was eating. Like whole packets of whatever and pastries, I had to suddenly stop, and it was actually quite hard so that 's probably the the closest although as a professional athlete, you were not eating the kind of things I was eating when I was breastfeeding,
1: yeah, maybe not, but yeah it's, it's just about changing habits really isn't it, and portion size that's the thing, so you could just eat you know a very large bowl of pasta um as a dinner or as a, a lunch you know just a, a large full bowl of pasta it, look it, it's no different to a bowl of pasta you might get out if you go to a restaurant or something you know you can get like a you know a, a proper bowl full but um you know so it's not excessive it's just that you wouldn't be eating that amount every single day you know when you go to a restaurant and you've sort of overeaten a bit yeah. and you're feeling pretty full you know you just you wouldn't do that every single day um so yeah it's just more about um your yeah, portion size i suppose um also you know you were just sort of eating constantly um you just you it's because as soon as you when you watch players in their matches they're you know having gels and bars and stuff you sort of need to train that as well so you do that with your training You, you know, as soon as you finish you've got to get something in you if you've done like a hard weight session you've got to eat like yogurt and banana now like it's got to be now this is your window to eat in it it's it's sort of it's part of your job um You know, and a lot of food doesn't taste brilliant because it's just, it's fuel, it's part of your job. It's just that, that that's it. You don't, you're not putting all the sauces and everything else onto it. So uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely an an adjustment. But uh, I don't, you don't need to be scared of pasta. Pasta's brilliant. It's so good. No, it's
2: it's brilliant, but there's just too much and it's a buffet, so you can keep going up and you can keep going up. But I am, I'm doing my runs every day and I'm then sending a picture of either the time on my, phone or the treadmill wherever i am to my friend just to make sure i keep doing it so then i think all right next day i've got to do it again so i'm balancing let's i'm just ba- i'm just I'm just keeping the balance this week but it's uh it's difficult but no the, the paddle's great this is the last event of the year premier paddles so it's the best in the world combined men's and women's events and uh, look, a lot of people in the uk well they're talking about it more and more now but obviously in places like spain and and Argentina and brazil it's been there for years and years and years it's 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 a wonderful sport. it has tennis scoring, so in terms of adapting to coming into it, that made it easier. something's very very different and a number of the players started in tennis, and I was speaking actually to a dutch a Dutch lady. They sadly didn't get through qualifying, but I was talking with my colleague I'm at with Barry Cannes. We were talking about Wesley Koolhoff and Neil Skupsky in the dining room, and she suddenly went. I know Wesley Koolhoff. We were like, hello. And she turned out to be Dutch and she was a former tennis player. And so I said, what made you move from tennis to paddle? And it's the answer I hear from a lot of people who've made that transition was she was quite lonely and she didn't like the traveling. And we've talked about this, haven't we? Someone like Andy Murray, he loves to travel, he loves everything to do with it. But she said, I, I left when I was about 20 because I was lonely and the traveling was difficult. And in paddle you're with someone so you, you have a sort of companion with you the whole time but it is interesting that that's what I hear time and time again from people who've made that journey is it, it's either the social element or the fact that t- a tennis which you can attest to can be quite lonely at times because you're not always traveling with these big entourages that, that the very top players have no very few people are really I um, mean you know,
1: that's just top 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 stuff thinking you have to pay <clears throat> so many employees how much money do you have to be earning before you can have you know four employees five employees or w- whatever it is um yeah no I uh, it's an interesting one I, w- I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed at that but I guess there is just a bit less travel on on the whole you've always got a partner
2: I suppose hopefully you get on that's <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The the rate this lot split up. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think they, there was a wonderful quote today from from one of the teams that are playing together. They said we came together through circumstances. They're playing really well together, and they were asked, "Are you going to commit to 2024?" And the interesting answer was that the the, the top pair in the world, Gallon and LeBron. There's talk that they might split up, and this guy, Javi Garrido said, "I'm not making a commitment to Momo Gonzalez." In case Galen and LeBron split, he said, I'd be foolish. If one of those two became available, it's the domino effect. Everyone's going to start moving because they'll need new people, other people. And he said, I would be crazy to commit to a partnership now where the best two players in the world who have been for the last three years could potentially split and that would set off a chain of events and people could move around but and it might sound ruthless and I know we've talked about the ruthlessness of getting rid of a coach or doing this or doing that before but I guess look again they're individual contractors and they want to be with the best person and I see it a lot more in paddle than tennis in terms of the double side of things they would just if it's not right bang they move on I mean it's it's just it's just business it's a business it's professional oh. that's it
1: isn't it and it's the same with everything I think there is always this expectation I talk about this a lot I think outside of the sport with spectators that it's just I don't know just that the love and the passion for what you're doing it just has to be that I think because people are, are so envious of the job of being an athlete I think that's what they imagine it to be and look of course there are some days where it's like that but most of them it's work and you've got to do it deal with it get through it whether that's traveling whether it's jet lag whether that's the amount of training you've got to do like the eating that i was talking about whatever it is it's just got to be done it's part of it i saw fabio
2: fanini last night Oh, yeah, here watching. And I remember thinking, because a while back, there was that incredible challenger final of Fabio Fanini against Roberto Bautista Agut. It wasn't that long ago. What, a couple of weeks? Yeah. And I remember thinking, what a challenger final that is. Wow. And then I believe that Fanini lost early in the follow up tournaments so he's just outside the cut if I'm right for the Australian Open. But yeah he was at the Allianz Cloud. There's a handful of wild cards have been given to, to local players. It's very much on the rise of sport in Italy. So he was there. And you never know, like a number of players, maybe this could be a post tennis career for Fabio Fanini. Could be, could be I'm I'm sure we will see a little bit of that. If can I keep it on the Italian theme? In Milan I brought in Fanini. I know this feels like a long time ago now, but Yannick Sinner, he's been doing the rounds. He's been at the football. Football fans have been chanting his name. He's led Italy to Davis Cup glory, a tournament at which an event at which you were at. I mean, I mean wow. What would you like to say, having seen him firsthand about Yannick Sinner? I was in Malaga, yes, and it was
1: incredible. Like, what an event. It was so, so good. Uh, yeah. I, yeah just just so much about it was amazing its so It makes so much sense to be somewhere like Malaga, and it is in Malaga next year again because it's an expat community you know, I, I went for a run along the beach, 75% of the people I was running past, they were not Spanish, an awful lot of Brits, <laughs> plenty of Brits go there. And I was thinking ahead of the Finnish matches, I was thinking, well, surely Scandinavia has a similar thing. You can go and live anywhere in Europe. I know it's slightly more difficult for Brits nowadays, but still, we had a period of time where you could. And, you know, surely they there must be plenty of sun seekers. Turns out an awful lot. It's the largest Finnish population outside of Scandinavia or something like that? Is it? Did you make that up? Are you assuming that? No, or do you it, that for a I'm not far away. It's something like that. <laughs> um, I think one of our teams said it was the largest Finnish population outside of Helsinki, but I did remind them there are other cities in <laughs> Finland. It's not, it's not just Helsinki. Um, but it felt like Helsinki. It was unbelievable. It was, there, there were plenty of Finns around. I actually saw more than more than one group of people and I was out around the town or whatever was speaking Finnish. They weren't anything to do with the tennis. So, it, you know, wow. so it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the Italians, they'll travel anywhere in Europe, I'm pretty sure. And I feel like you can find it, Italians a- anywhere, really. Tough going for the Aussies, not going to lie. I mean, that's pretty brutal. Uh, there were not many people for Australia because I suppose Australians don't need to move to Malaga for sun. they <laughs> They don't. <laughs> It would be it's insane. Far.
2: It's a bit far. Imagine Go that. To... Well, it was. It was the same in 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 Seville for the Billie Jean King Cup finals. You felt for Australia. Yeah, it's right. I mean, it, Ka- Kazakhstan had this hardcore army of fans in the beautiful traditional robes and the instruments. But Australia, not not a sausage. Not yeah. not a soul for
1: Australia. I know, and it was. I mean, because we had Australia against Finland in the semis, and it just. I think I sent you a message saying it feels like Helsinki. Like, this is where I feel like I am. If you were to tell me, this is where I am. It was, um, and it was brilliant. But um, yes, it's it's, it's rough for Australia. But, you know, they, well, they won't because they're not involved in the early, the the qualifying rounds because they got to the finals. They're automatically through. But if they were, they could have a home tie there. And they could put in a pitch for one of the group stages. Because now that the group stage doesn't back, or the final eight doesn't back straight off of the group stage, which it did before, you know, you had to fly from Innsbruck to get to Madrid and play. Um, Now it could actually be anywhere. So they could put in a pitch and, and, and want it themselves. So it is absolutely possible. I know that it's difficult for Leighton, but um, but yeah, no, back to Yannick. Um, Wow. Absolute superstar, just superstar status. Uh, Yeah. Pretty incredible. I mean, I was there in Bologna, um, you know, where uh, they were very much missing Yannick. Um, but yeah, what what a, what a team! Honestly, and it, it's amazing when you think about it—just how few countries have won Davis Cup over the years. Over the, I mean, it's such a long-running cup; um, it's extraordinary. You know, but it, it's it's a lot less than you think, and um, you know, Italy have only won it once before. It's the only time and you would have thought they would have been able to win it another time but um but yeah no it was it was wicked and it was great to see Berattini on the bench as well he wasn't obviously part of the team but he just wanted to be involved he just wanted to be part of it he just wanted to feel it um and yeah it felt i mean that that win i mean the semi final against Serbia is Genuinely, the best thing I've ever commentated on. Oh, wow, okay. It's not necessarily the best thing I've ever seen, because I haven't commentated on everything that I've seen. (laughs) But in terms of what I've actually been commentating on, it was unbelievable. Can you imagine being on the Serbian bench? You're 1-0 up, because Ketsmanovic has done the business in a really tight match. You've got Novak Djokovic out there. He's three match points up on return. Love 40, right? He's three match points up. You know, and you think... You think the guy that I've got out there, one point away, and we're in the final. You'd put your house on it. You'd put your family on it. You'd put everything on it. Yeah, right. But everybody was, you know. And when the camera starts cutting, we see the Djokovic family. They got their flags ready to go. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. And you know how the players are on the bench. They're about to leap up. They're like they're totally (laughs) half out of their seats. We had it all. We had it all. It was as good as done. And I cannot believe. What happened? I cannot. Like, it was just amazing. senna has been talking about how he's been working on with Darren Cahill, amongst other members of his team, on problem solving. That's been a big thing, is no matter what the situation is, I'm confident I can problem solve. Boy, did he have to problem solve. Remember, one of those match points, Djokovic had a second serve. It was actually on the first one. So it's not like Yannick just went, bang, 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 three aces. And off you go. They were rallies. He was in the pot. It was just, oh, wow just absolutely incredible um and then and look it was one of those things through that set that that was phenomenal but the fact that Sina wasn't broken in that set was stupid because Djokovic was holding in 60 seconds every time and Yannick was just like grinding away down break points over and over and over again everything was love 30 or juice and he was just about clinging on and then come the three match points on serve and you think right, you know, Djokovic was always going to get the break and he's just about grounded. It just was written out. You've seen it a million times before. And then, no, the fact that Sinner was able to hold that game was bonkers. And then he had not been in any Djokovic return service games through the
2: whole set. And then he breaks in the next game and it was done. Just just, just phenomenal. What for you is the favourite part of the Sinner game? If you had to highlight one thing, what is it for you that stands out about his game? Oh well what i would put on
1: repeat you know like when you they make those little gifts that go round and round um probably forehand down the line massive forehand yeah. down the line yeah it was <laughs> a toss up between forehand down the line and backhand <laughs> down the line so i'll take either really yeah. but i mean some of the forehands he played and then you had the doubles because you had sinner um playing in the doubles with sonigo against Djokovic and he was with Ketsmanovic again wasn't he yeah I think um, and uh, honestly it's the it sound
2: just... it's the sound of the ball on the strings that just was at times it was such a clean sound <laughs> just phenomenal just... yeah it's
1: colossal and it's pretty flat <gasps> so it has it, it, it actually does suck you into thinking it's harder than it is yeah, he doesn't yeah. grunt either right so he doesn't really grunt on his shots, so you just hear the sound of the ball and it's it amazing. is so crisp and it is such oh. a thump um, it reminds you of um, a Del Potro sort of forehand it's yeah. not as big as Del Potro's don't get me wrong but he's not far away my word um, but yes yeah, some of the for- forehands he absolutely annihilated at Djokovic in the doubles was quite funny <laughs> it was just stupid um, but yeah there you yeah, go I mean honestly like he's he's in, he's incredible what a year he's had and he last year was a bit of a settling year for him wasn't it just finding his feet he had to, he had his new team he had to sort of work things out and then this year it's been outrageous and of course the addition of Darren Cahill has been clearly fantastic and has worked mm-hmm. all the way through um yeah his, his game's a joke right now I think you know minimum Grand Slam final next year I think I think it's you know there's still some way to go for a win um but I could see him reaching
2: a final or two Oh, you see, you preempted my next question because about a week ago on the school run and I'm normally half asleep on the school run and I've started not wearing my contact lenses on the school run. I'm not that, (laughs) but I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not. All I've got is images of you just walking around like you're blind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, my sight is not that bad. I can still function. I don't put anyone in danger by not wearing them. It's just uh, when I go on my run, it's just so I could really just ignore everyone and just and the amount of people who have said, "I was waving you and you run this morning," I was like, "I'm really sorry, I <laughs> just didn't see." you. So I didn't have my contact lenses in. I was on. And then one of the one of the dads of one of the uh, boys' classmate, I heard this voice behind me said, two questions: Is is Emma? It's amazing, isn't it? She's just Emma. What about Emma Raducanu? She mm. just she she's just Emma." He said, "Is Emma going to play the Australian Open?" We'll get to that in a second. Is Yannick Sinner going to win a Grand Slam next year? And so, your answer, having already preempted that question, is you could see him in a final, but still not quite there to cross that finish line? Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, I mean, you're going to have to beat Djokovic or Alcaraz or someone like that in the final. Now, it could work out that they get beaten by other people and he has he plays somebody else in the final, Zverev or somebody like that. Then I would be like, yeah, he's going to win the slam. Yeah, it just depends yeah. on who he's playing in the final. I think it's going to be tough against people who have been there and done it. And, you know, look, I mean, Alcaraz is two for two and he's never lost in a slam final. Um, you know, <laughs> we know about Djokovic's record. So it's sure he's playing the level. Um, that that victory over Djokovic is massive, though, because that was a huge moment. Yeah. But then it's interesting because people were showing the stats about how Djokovic has just not beaten top five players in the Olympics or in Davis Cup. It just does, he just can't do it. I think he's over seven, maybe. And obviously, it, in everything else, wow, it's phenomenal. And you think about when he was going for the Golden
2: Slam in 2021, oh, and I, he just I, I did had a bit that of a match. meltdown. I, I commentated the match against Verev. I was in. Oh, Tokyo. the semi final. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, semi final, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he because then he then after he lost that and it was a, you know remember there was no spectators there so the racket was being thumped into the net post and after that he pulled out of the mixed doubles he was just like you know I'm I'm sort of done and and I remember that happening just it that's pressure right surely that can that can only be pressure in these. But maybe it is. Maybe
1: he's just, look, he's won an awful lot of grand slams and maybe it is just the fact that he's worked that out. He knows how to do it. He obviously really wants to win more, but it's something that he's very used to. He's not won the gold medal. He has won Davis Cup with Serbia before, um, but you know, when he decides, right, right, this is what I want to do. Yes, and maybe it is just when he really, really wants something, it's more, it's more difficult for him. I don't know. Maybe we're reading too much into it, but, I think that a Djokovic in a Grand Slam final is a different beast. That is his bread and butter. You are going to get him at his, your, his best, and look at what it took for Alcaraz to beat him at Wimbledon. I mean, it was a, an an insane match. I think a lot of people could argue that Djokovic probably should have won that match, but you know, but whatever. I, I don't know. It's it's difficult. Yannick has been to uh, he went to the semifinals for the first time at Wimbledon, but he didn't re he didn't beat any top teners. Um, So, look, he is a he's in such a great place. He's he's done all the building work, the platform, everything. He's ready to go. I'm I'm sure he will win a Grand Slam. He absolutely could win a Grand Slam next year. Like, to be honest, with how he's playing, he could win, too. It's that's how well he's playing. But I don't know. It's 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 difficult. It's, It's a big leap up, though
2: the Emma Raducanu point that he was asking me about at that point we didn't know now we know that she has entered for the australian open but currently sitting outside the automatic entry because there's an awful lot of protected ranking people i think there's a couple of couple of players in the top 100 aren't going to be the Belinda bencic because she's pregnant with her first child and actually there's no bianca andriescu who was mid 90s i think her back is still not quite right. But there's an awful lot of protected ranking people in there. It just push the cut off a little bit. And what is it? Radhika is about, about six out or something as things stand? Yeah, she'll probably squeeze in.
1: Um, you know, look, there's plenty of time for that that to come down. And it does tend to, tend to drop by a few. But yeah, there are just an awful lot of protected rankings. <laughs> but look, hey, she's one of them. So, you know, you yeah, can't no, complain. Um, but yeah, nowadays there's so, so many um and it is um i would like to say perils maybe not perils we talked earlier about um vavrinka Fonini challenger final but this is what happens if the prize money goes up and up and up and up and up and it has gone up in a ludicrous way in the last 10 years i'm not saying it's wrong that it's gone up i think it's right but it has yeah. gone up at a s- scale like at a speed right um it you know people are going to play longer People are going to wait until, the, you know, they'll do a Karlovic until their ranking has just completely fallen away. People will be playing in challenges because it's just it's worthwhile now. It's it's much more worthwhile. It's not, you know, so it's it's part of it. It's why we're getting these older players. You've got those sorts of protected rankings. You know, people are just going to want to play as long and as as possible as they can. I mean, what is it? Six, 70 grand for the first round of a slam now? Um so you're gonna be you're gonna be turning up, you're gonna be making that flight, you're gonna be turning, there's no
2: there's nobody who's not going unless they physically can't. Do you think and then there was talk if Emma Redakanu if enough people don't drop out, she doesn't get in, it would be qualifying or could apply for a wild card, that would depend on a number of things. Having not played due to the injuries whether she'd want to do you think it would be sensible for her to go through qualifying to get some matches oh look
1: i mean i i don't know the ins and outs of her situation
2: i personally but just can't purely imagine... the lack of lack of matches being yeah, the situation. which is why
1: if i were tennis australia i wouldn't give her a wild card because th- there's no form i know there's star quality um but it's difficult to give it sort of out of the blue as like wouldn't be her first tournament back I'm assuming she'll play in Auckland or somewhere before then yeah but um you know I don't know maybe they can make the decision late maybe they could see how she does how she plays and they could make make a decision then hold something back but um yeah I, I wouldn't be banking on it I think there's a lot of people who think oh well it's Emma Raducanu she can just get a wild card but you yeah. know, that's not... It's not necessarily... It, it depends on a lot of factors, really, as to whether she would be able to get one. So I wouldn't be banking on that. Um, and remember, she might be US Open champion, but the US Open is not the Australian Open. She's not a former <laughs> Australian Open champion. <laughs> no. Then it, I'd but, be saying she's probably
2: going to get a wild card. Well, like Caroline Wozniacki. We expect that to be the case for Caroline Wozniacki because I think yeah. her ranking is like 240-something. So yeah, she's going to be much more likely to
1: get a wild card than Emma champion. Be. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah so... To...
2: Um,
1: yeah, and then qualifying. Well, I mean, then you then you bring in the argument. If you're in qualifying, why would, and, and you haven't played matches in a really long time, so you need to get back into it. Why would you go? Wouldn't you play some challenger events instead? Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the,
1: the the problem as well, is if we assume she's main draw of Australia, she's unseeded, right? So she can go and play Coco Golf first round, yep. and you know it, it's it's hard to see how her game would be ready, right? She's not played in a really long time, um, so th- there's an argument. I mean, if if I were putting it together, I would be saying something like, go and play some challenges, some sixty k, some something else mm-hmm. on, get some matches under your belt, see where your game is at, and then maybe come back to the tour, Indian Wells, Miami sort of time and the reason is because there's 32 buys in Indian Wells and Miami so you are guaranteed to not be playing a top 32 player you know Australia you know it's a big trip to do is your first trip you know you can she could go and play um I don't know what yeah you could, she could probably go there and play three matches over the course of a month that is not ideal when you're trying to get back into playing and competing you want to be playing three matches a week not three in a month. Um, you know, like if she were to lose first round of of each event, which is you know a likely a likely scenario, it's draw dependent. She's going to be unseeded and she's totally out of form. So, um, you question whether she would do that at all. It's really tough with scheduling, especially when you're coming back from injury, because it's so easy to say, "Oh, there's a tournament. Let's go and play that one." Oh, there's a you know you know, this one's on here. Let's go and do that, and to not necessarily see the bigger
2: picture. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's that lure of the Grand Slams. I remember it was a a year or so ago, Seb Corder didn't go to Australia, who was playing in America. And a few years before that, I remember when Felix Ogielia's seam didn't go. Everyone's like, why on earth are you not going to play in a Grand Slam at the Australian Open? Because that, that, that wasn't the route they were taking. They wanted to try another route. And look, all routes are different. Everything suits different people. But I, no, I can definitely see what you're saying. But at the moment, she is, she's on the entry list. We'll wait to see what happens there. It's just
1: about, it's just like, if you,
2: like, what does she
1: need, right? The answer is Matches.
2: Matches. I don't
1: think anybody would say anything other than she needs matches. Get out on court and compete. Lose, win, draw if you can. Like just any of it. You just just need matches. And if you're saying actually the likely situation um, or a likely situation is that she would go and have three matches in a month. That is just not on earth. It's just nothing. No one would choose that. And if it's the likely situation, then why why, why would you do it? But,
2: you know, because I guess uh, yeah. in your mind, you think that's not going to be the situation, even if I don't know, maybe there's a case where the, the team course. is saying that is going to happen. But you as a person, whether it's because you're you're positive or you're looking back on what you have done or you know what you can achieve, you're thinking, well, that's not going to happen. So it must be quite hard as a player to maybe change your expectation, even if you are coming back from injuries and that's more realistic. I imagine in some cases, it's quite hard to think you're not where you were. Do you see what I mean? So hard, so hard. Mm. And and it's it's easy for me to sit and be objective,
1: of course. You know, the amount of times I chose tournaments because I wanted to play them, not because it was the right decision. You know, it's it's the same for everybody. Um, But when you're coming back from injury, it is crucial that you make the right decisions we've seen other players suffer the consequences um, and really struggle and it's and and players just as good as her maybe not Grand Slam champions but players who were just as good just as talented mm. um, so yeah it's it's going to be tough and look she can turn around and go well, I think the last time I was in Grand Sam Qualies, it went quite well. So, <laughs> sure, <laughs> who's to say she can't do it again? Because it seems ludicrous that she could do it again, but it was ludicrous she could do it in the first place. So, look, all these conversations have to make... So, this is just, as I say, like, if if in, in uh, whatever world it was I was advising on it, that's that would be my
2: advice, but I'm not. I don't advise I, on anyone. I'm very... <laughs> Apart from your children. Um, <laughs> so excited about Australia or that, you know, Osaka's coming back. And Angelique Kerber just signed up for Hamburg already. So she's putting a season together. We know that Karen and Wozniak, I just, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. We know that Rafa Nadal, I know Craig Tiley said this months ago, he was going to be there. But now we know he is going to be there because he's entered Brisbane and that will go through to Australia. It, it's the start of the year. We look at those players that we're, we're hoping expecting to do great things move forward we're also going to have a lot more married people because a lot of people have got married I don't know if yes. you've noticed this
1: <laughs> we forgot <laughs> about this off-season thing that happens
2: after Wimbledon and it happens at the end I of the season I thought it just happened after Wimbledon I never remembered so many happening at this time of year I thought it was just all about the Maldives but we've we've had a Potapova marrying Shevchenko yep Sangren Rogers yes. Shelby Rogers well they didn't get married to each other no so no <laughs> I'm not marrying <laughs> <laughs> Shevchenko and Potapova did, though. Just oh, yes, yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, that's they, why sorry, it they, sounded. They, <laughs> they, I, I'm not marrying people off, but they did get married to each other together. Uh, Shelby Rogers married her fiance, Tennis Sanger married his fiance, James Duckworth, etc. I think there's another Australian as well in there. I, I just, I mean, I, I guess it's the time when if they're going to have a little window, this is going to be their window, right? Yeah. That's really it. Nice. And you can have there's a not really many nice windows. holiday afterwards. Very nice holiday after. Oh, but Carolyn Garcia has gone to the Arctic. I love that. I love the fact that great. everyone's everyone's on a Moldive Island, which is also a wonderful thing, but she's gone like just swimming in the Arctic. There's always someone who does something different. But it's great, though. I love that. Yeah. Um, other thing we should touch on before time leaves us, and i got to get back to the paddle. I'm keeping an eye on the clock here. Um, Next Gen. We have a new Next Gen winner, and we have another raft of things that they tried out. And I love... Next gen for the fact that they try out all these different things. Yes, you know it's just it's. I put a little lists. Yeah. Well, what, what was what was your favourite of the? I like I like a no on court warm up. I have to say, coin toss then play. Yeah. Because I'm currently working paddle where they have a five minute five minute warm up. Yes, way too long. And they. They don't even have the serve to warm up because that's under that's you know bounce serve, um, and then it, it, sometimes it can be quite long from sort of coming on to start. So um, I love the no, I love the thought of a no on court warm up, coin toss, and let's just get stuck in. I think I like that. Yeah. um You pointed out the reduced height of the umpire chair. That it looks so understand. weird, didn't it? It looks so. It weird. It was like a
1: baby high chair. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Um, the, the free fan movement, fine. I, we have that in paddle people to sort of wander around. I, I don't think that's a problem. I think that should... No change of ends after the first game. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose it helps speed it up because sometimes they just take ages, don't they? Change of ends, yeah. like first game. They might as well be sitting down. They've got to take one drink and then another drink and another drink. and They've got to just, you know... Just walks when it was first introduced because it wasn't always like this, you used to well, the rules were different for any of our younger listeners. It used to be so say it was five four and then you win the next game to win the set. You've only played one game at that end, and so now you would go and sit down in the, the set and come back to that end, play a game, and then change it so you're st- you're always changing on the odd number, right um but it used to be that you would you wouldn't sit down you would 5-4 you win the game 6-4 and you just carry on play the first game of the next set then you would go and sit down so you would just always sit down if you know what i mean you would never have a walk around and then when it was introduced actually we're going to sit down the end of a set and then you can you're just going to walk around at one love um everybody used to just walk around it was really quick you just walk to the other end no one was having a drink no one was doing anything whereas now it's like a whole thing um and yeah we need to tighten up on the time with that i think do you think we have young listeners?
2: <laughs> <laughs> How young would they have to be to not remember that? I mean, I well, played what, what that do you, scoring, what, so. what
1: are you calling young? Anyone then... younger than me. Oh, <laughs> I'm still, still young.
2: Well, my hey, age young-ish. and younger. You, but it's going to be that like fraternity.
1: So even when I'm 50, my age and younger is young. So is, is
2: that... Okay, so that makes me old. Because I'm older than you. Does it? Uh, no, it's not old and young. Oh, well, you paused you, th- you thought you thought what am i gonna say <laughs> what am i gonna say it's not gonna be offensive no i i well i'm thinking young i'm thinking kind of early 20s i don't think we have many yeah. of those you don't think we've got I any think... listeners in the early 20s no, I, I don't think so i mean okay. look, prove me wrong well i can cut sure. that
1: bit out then that explainer for <laughs> 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 be no keep it in sorry there, for there wasting might be... your time 30
2: something there might be someone who's middle age who's listening to it with a younger person so it's worth keeping in for them Mm. do you see what I mean um Hamid Majedovic yes next gen champion one to watch out for next year I haven't seen I've seen some of him I haven't seen an awful lot of him but from what people are saying big serve easy power off the forehand now it's got the mantle of being the next gen winner to te- I mean, you know me. Artur Afis is my one for. I, I thought he was going to cruise through to the title of Next Gen. Yeah. I was watching his matches, going, "This guy in 2024." I mean, he still got to the final. Well, but, he needed, he, um, he nearly did exactly. I mean, he he, you know, he, he was, did. just came, he came up a little did. bit short, but a little bit um,
1: short. Yeah, he's off to train with Nadal, isn't he? So he'll.
2: Is it Nadal? He was going to go. Yeah, yeah Nadal. Yeah. he's been. Um, he's been invited.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Medvedevich has got uh, yeah big shoes to fill. Every Next Gen champion has been pretty phenomenal in their follow-up season it's that yeah I mean you think about the champions that we've had in recent years and you're talking about Alcaraz and Sinner and you know it's pretty it's pretty bonkers so this was the first year that felt a little like there was a little less star power in it yeah but it's possibly no, because you had Sinner and Runa who qualify no no not Sinner Sinner would be too old for next gen Runa and Alcaraz who'd qualify Anyway, so the the top two weren't there Yeah. Um, So they qualified for for the tour finals. So you were missing the top two who are obviously star power. And I think Art of had a fantastic year. So he was really the big name, but there's quite a lot, uh, a lot of unknowns. I mean, look, the tennis was still
2: fabulous, but that's how it goes. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Before time goes against us, because I'm going to get back for my next match. Um, you sent me a picture of your Christmas tree. You've got like a carpet that your Christmas tree is on. That's very impressive. I didn't even suggest that. And you went out and got that. I don't have one of those. Um, it's looking very Christmassy. I'm very happy with it. I'm so, happy with I it? feel so Christmassy. Looking very, you've got everything. Anything else you need? You got everything? No,
1: I, I, think, I think we're sorted for the moment. Yeah. I, I need a few more lights and a few more bits and pieces. But, you know, we'll build on it. It's,
2: it's a starting point, And each year we'll build. And the fir tree candle from the White Company is phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Got that. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Just just that'll it's make brilliant. you feel all Christmassy. So thank you for the um, advice. No, no, pleasure, pleasure. I'm looking forward. It's very Christmassy here in Milan. The hotel is full of Christmassy stuff, but I'm looking forward to getting back and getting stuck in. And um, we will chat more next week. Yes, we will. Thank enjoy the it. rest of paddle season. And then it'll be off season. It'll be off season. Yay. Yay. Speak to you soon. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Bye.